worship you as you enable us to study, to learn, to grow together, to think about this coming season with some fresh eyes. Um, yeah, I even just think back uh, across the past years and, um, you know, the, the pandemic has changed the rhythms of our lives. It's changed the rhythm of our fellowship. It's changed the rhythm of our walk with you. And uh, maybe as we, we seemingly are emerging from that, there could be a kind of a spiritual reset um, as we think about the habits and the rhythms of our lives in this coming season, and that that you would you would be present in the midst of that, and you would um, you would help us to be knit together. You would help us to walk together. You would help us to love well. You would help us to serve well and be part of what it is that you want to do in this coming season. We we look forward on this day, which we typically call our vision day, with a sense of hope and expectancy that this church that you birthed now nearly 18 years ago, you are continuing to steward and build and and to draw people to yourself and um, to strengthen up believers, to raise them up and to send them forth empowered in the Holy Spirit for the unique and special work that each one of us has been given in this world. That this temple, which is the church, is a place where you reside in your goodness and your grace by your spirit. And that that is a sign to the world that that you are in fact living and that you are uh, at work and that all the things that would cause us to feel hopelessness because there's just so much brokenness and sin in the world. There's so much brokenness, sin in, in ourselves and, and we battle against it. And, and all, of, all of that can get us down and discouraged and frustrated and thinking that it's hopeless. And yet you have put this counter sign in the world, which is the church, the body of Christ, as messed up and broken and, uh, yeah, just filled with sin and, you know, imperfect as it is. Yet still, even so, this is your plan A for reaching the world, for reaching us. So we bump along together and we seek you and we give ourselves to you afresh and we present ourselves before you with our arms raised up high, hoping and praying that you, by your spirit, would reach us and fill us and guide us. In your grace, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the sermon topic for today, uh, as I was reflecting on it, it sort of took me back to the beginning of my whole journey uh, with the Lord in terms of my vocational calling in ministry. Some of you will know the story, my story of being called into ministry. I was about 21, 22 years old, kind of happened on a couple of summers where I worked uh, at a camp and we would have about 70 students a week, high school students come to this camp and uh, they would spend the week with us serving and doing work projects and then um, and then I would help to sort of process what was happening on the spiritual. Now, I went to this camp hired as the supplies driver. So I was going to be driving the truck around every day, uh, bringing supplies to the kids as they worked. 
And the week before the camp started, the program director canceled. And so they sort of went like this, and they said, Andrew, uh, we're making you the program director uh, from the supplies driver. So, I, I mean, I don't know what my life would be right now had that little moment, had that person canceled, you know. And uh, I got called into this thing, which was the program director was essentially the chaplain for the camp. And, um, you know, I was 21. I was 22 the next summer. And, um, you know, I would just, some of you know my story, uh, filled, you know, my, my testimony is a lot of self-sufficiency. And in those seasons, kind of a, a hardness of heart, um, and, uh, there was this day when I had been getting to know the students on a particular week and they were out playing soccer and I was standing in the classroom where we were living. We were at a school, a public school. I was standing in the classroom, looking out the window, watching these kids play soccer. And I knew that that one, uh, his parents were getting divorced and, and that one had just suffered this other trauma and this one had this experience and that one had that thing going on. And, um, and it was just one of those moments you have in life where I just broke down weeping over these kids uh, and their condition and their situation and what they were going to be facing uh, just even in the coming weeks for some of them in the coming years. And it was, it was strange for me because I hadn't really uh, been doing that in my life. I hadn't been breaking down for people. I hadn't been you know, uh, feeling that kind of sadness and that sorrow. And uh, this, was the, this was the moment of my call to ministry. And I, I, I said to the Lord, standing there, tears streaming down my cheeks, uh, what do you want me to do? And I felt that, you know, semi-audible voice come back, uh, give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. And that's really been at the center of my call and my ministry uh, for, you know, these now 30 years later um, to continue to ask that question, how can I give people Jesus? How can I help people to find and to follow Jesus? That's the, that's the core. And when I was thinking about what we're starting today, what we're launching today, it really brought me back into that because ultimately that's, that's what we want to happen with this campaign that we're starting today, which I'll speak more about in just a minute. You know, back in June, we did a Vision Sunday, and I walked you through the vision that we have been developing together, first before the pandemic, a very collaborative process where we had the staff and other leaders even going through a book that asked us questions, and we we looked at our, our vision. And then the pandemic hit right afterwards, and so we kind of had to shelve it for a little bit as we were just struggling to, you know, make things, make ends meet, as it were, and, and figure out how to do church during the pandemic. And then as we started to emerge from the pandemic, we pulled it back off the shelf and we shopped it around with the council. And we had the council give input to it. And we had the, the elders give input and the staff give input. And then we went on retreat and talked about it. And what emerged from that was sort of a, a, a refined version of the vision that we felt like the Lord was calling us into. And I shared that in June um, with you all. And you can go back actually and listen to that, that sermon if you're curious, more curious about it. Um, and the, the quick contours of that are over the last 90 days, we've been kind of doing an outreach emphasis. And it's been really neat to see us 
um, getting Alpha going, and it's been neat to see some of the ways that we've been able to reach out into the community, and, and that's been wonderful. Today, we're starting another a, a new sort of 90-day phase, which is going to be uh, centered around growth. So we had outreach and now growth, and so that's what I'm introducing today. And then in the winter, we're going to be looking at our spiritual gifts, and that'll be around the topic of serving. So we're breaking it down into these sort of 90-day uh, increments uh, as we go forward. And then we're looking in the, on the one-year horizon at you know, some, some key things that we think are going to lead to really what our ultimate uh, plans are and vision is. But some of the things that we're looking at in this coming year are continuing to build leadership capacity. A lot has been done. You know, we've been through some hard seasons over the last few years, and I'm super encouraged to see the way that God has worked to strengthen our leadership uh, hopefully so that we are better equipped to meet the challenges that we face as a church. Because that's what happens as a church. We face challenges together. And those challenges result in growth. And, and, and figuring out where we need to fix things and make things better. And so there's been a lot of work done in that. We're adding deacons. And so we're seeing leadership capacity increased. In addition to that, we started recently more intentional discipleship. I hope you've seen this. Our Gospel Academy is uh, uh, really starting to hum again. We just had a really great uh, Gospel Academy seminar. Uh, and then we'll have another one that's going to be coming up tied into this, this new emphasis that we have. We started our Gospel Academy cohort. And this really is about raising up, you know, uh, intentionally raising up disciples and helping people to understand their sense of calling. Uh, and there's, there's a key reason for that, uh, which I'll say in a moment. And then the third uh, kind of year emphasis is around discipling through hard topics. One of the things that we continue to account, encounter is that, you know, people are just questioning uh, all the, 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 the big kind of gnarly issues that the world continues to bring to the surface, whether that be racism, whether that be uh, sexuality or, or gender uh, questions or uh, politics, huge issue, uh, creation care, as we might call it, or the environment is another one. And the list is pretty long. And what we've realized is that when, when we don't, as the church, kind of dig into those topics, then people try to figure out answers on their own. And a lot of times they're going to sources that aren't necessarily rooted in the Word of God. And so we want to do a better job of grappling with those hard topics. And so that's one of the initiatives in this coming season as well. And we begin to experiment with how we might do that. And all of this is aimed at sort of the big picture plan, which is that we be unleashing ambassadors here and even all around the world. We have this incredible, we're, we're in a place, you know, where we get people who come to Solano for a season oftentimes, and we try to get them to make, you know, commitment to live here and be here and be missionaries here in this place. But then sometimes God calls them away into other places. And we have people all around the world who uh, have had a season with Solano Community Church. And we want to we see that as an opportunity to train them up so that we're sending ambassadors into the Bay Area and beyond. That's our goal. Because we believe that every person has been called and uniquely gifted in ministry. It's just that we oftentimes don't know what that looks like. And so we want to we wanna do better at figuring out how to help people understand their unique sense of ambassadorship so they can be sent out. 
That's kind of the plan that we've been looking at over the last season. And what, what I'm excited about as we go into this fall, the fall is really the beginning of our ministry season. Uh, but let me just say this. Uh, all that will be meaningless if people don't have Jesus. Right? Just give them Jesus. All that will be meaningless if people don't have Jesus. And so we want to talk about, and I don't just mean, you know, coming to know Jesus in that initial phase of your relationship with God where you, you realize who he is. I mean, like walking with Jesus on a daily basis. That's what we're talking about here. Having Jesus. Just give them Jesus. Now, um, there have been ways down through history that, you know, the ages that the Christians have tried to get more Jesus, if you want to say it that way, uh, into their lives. And one of those key ways is what Pastor Paul has been mentioning this morning already, is the spiritual disciplines. And so over this next season, we want to talk about the spiritual disciplines. We want to dig into the spiritual disciplines together. So that the ultimate goal is that, you know, we won't just have a bunch of plans, but these plans will be fed by a kind of vibrancy and a daily walk with Jesus Christ that empowers everything that we do, right? That's what we're really going for. And for me, this is, I, don't, I want this, I don't, even, I don't even want this so much so that we can fulfill our vision, although that's important to talk about and exciting. Ultimately, this goes back to the roots of why I'm even living the way I'm living in ministry like this is because God's call on my life is to help people find and follow Jesus. And this is, this is truly one of those ways where we can get Jesus into the innermost, deepest recesses of our hearts, the spiritual disciplines. And so that's what we want to do. So when one of our leaders came up with the idea of taking some time in the fall as we kind of start this ministry, ministry season to focus on the spiritual disciplines, something resonated deep in my heart. I said, yeah, let's do, that's a great idea. Let's do that because uh, this is what we need. We can talk about all kinds of plans and strategies and everything, but, but we need Jesus. And that's what the spiritual disciplines do. I want to spend some time talking about spiritual disciplines today. I mean, do, does this resonate? Do you want to get closer to Jesus? Do you want to get closer to Jesus? Do you want more Jesus, I know this is maybe not the most theologically profound way to say it. Do you want more Jesus, you know, into your life and the daily, you know, existence uh, of this one life you've been given? Uh, do you want more Jesus? That's, that's the question. All right. So we're going we're gonna to do this journey by opening up to 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 through 13. 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 through 13. And there's a couple of topics that uh, I'd like for us to kind of dig into here. Um, they're going to help us to understand uh, the spiritual disciplines. And, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to kind of dig underneath the hood. We could talk about the how-tos of spiritual disciplines, like, okay, do this and do that. But I think the more significant question for us right now is the why question. Why are the spiritual disciplines so significant and so important. And so I found that this passage, and this is a way for us to kind of jump ahead in our sermon series, 1 Corinthians 2, 12 through 13, a way for us to kind of jump ahead in our series. I want to talk about being uh, taught 
by the Spirit. That's the first thing that we're going to look at. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12. Let me read this to you, um, and then we'll jump in. I know I'm not going to do a full-on exegesis of this passage. Pastor Paul, I believe, is slated to do this uh, in the next uh, couple of months. And so he's going to do a much better job of digging into the the very depths of it. I'm going to sort of glance off this text and use it to give us some categories that will help us think about the real significance of the spiritual disciplines. Simple passage, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And as I say, I've been asking myself, what is kind of the controlling or the animating idea behind the spiritual disciplines? Why have Christians down through the ages returned time and again to the disciplines? And I think this passage uh, is profoundly helpful. It, it gives us the categories that help us understand why the spiritual disciplines are important. So let me just call those out and I'll put them up on the screen. First of all, it tells us that there is a spirit of the world. There is a spirit of the world. There is a spirit, capital S, who is from God. There is a spirit who is from God. And then the last line, we are a spiritual people. We are a spiritual people. And it's the intersection of these three concepts that I think really help us to understand the deep significance of the spiritual disciplines. The goal of life uh, is to connect our spirit with the spirit of God. The goal of life is to connect our spirit with the spirit of God. And I know that that sounds like a crazy possibility. And for those of you who maybe are in the initial phases of, of seeking God, you know, you, you might wonder how can that be possible? And, and one of the barriers that we identify is really this barrier of sin. Uh, and, and so I need, to, I need to just remind us of the, you know, the core truth, the important truth here, is that Jesus has come over, overcome the barrier of sin in us so that God can take up residence in us by his spirit. So when Jesus goes to the cross and he offers himself an atoning sacrifice on the cross for sin, then the result of that, you know, when we come to Jesus in faith, the result of that is that we are cleansed of our sin and now God can take up residence in us, which he does graciously and wonderfully by his spirit. And so uh, that is a, the, the fundamental, you can't bypass that truth. And so for those of you who feel like, um, you know, you, you are uncertain today if you have a relationship with God, that's really going to be the starting point is to come to uh, uh, faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Then you're forgiven of your sins uh, amazingly uh, because of God's grace and then the Holy Spirit can take up residence uh, in you. So that's kind of the fun fundamental piece. But then if that's not the end of the story. We go on living our lives uh, with Jesus and with the presence of the Spirit and we want to plug in to the Spirit of God. So the point of the spiritual disciplines is to plug your spirit into the Spirit of God rather than the Spirit of the world. That's what this passage is suggesting and the categories that it gives us helps us to understand what's really going on in the world. The point of the spiritual disciplines is to plug your spirit into the spirit of God rather than the spirit of the world. 
And we know today that there are more ways to plug your spirit into the spirit of the world than ever before, right? There's more ways today to plug your spirit into the spirit of the world, the human wisdom of the world than, than ever before. Help me out with this. What are some ways that you find yourself plugging into the spirit of the world? Just call them out. What are some ways that you find yourself plugging into the spirit of the world? What are the avenues by which we plug into the world? Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. Netflix. Netflix. Instagram. Okay. What? Content creators. Work. What else? What are some, what are, how do we plug ourselves into the spirit of the world? TV. Music. Yeah. Good. The list goes on and on, right? Um, we, could, we could probably spend a long time analyzing all the different ways. Um, when I'm on an airplane, I often have these moments where I feel like, you know, I'm looking at everybody sitting in the airplane facing the same direction and they all have their own screen, and they're just sort of like zombied out looking into the screen, right? And I have these moments where, you know, you remember that movie WALL-E where like everybody was plugged into the, you know, I have these moments where it's like some sci-fi moment, and everybody's just like zombied out, plugged in to the screen. That, that image on an airplane of everybody uh, doing that, to me, just captures what it feels like is happening in our world because, you know, the, the, the opportunities for us to plug into the world are so great. To put it this way, the outlets of the world, if we're using the metaphor of the plug, the outlets of the world are extremely shiny and they're attractive and they're magnetic and they're assertive, right? That, by that I mean they're just constantly in our faces. And the reason um, that... That's true is because they appeal, these outlets of the world, they appeal to what the Bible calls the flesh. So we've talked about the fact that we have a spirit. So there's the spirit of God, but we have a spirit. And that's what this text in 1 Corinthians uh, brings forth, is that we have a spirit too. And so, you know, we're talking about the king, but we also have a flesh. And the Bible uses the term flesh to describe those desires that are within us that are not Godward, that are, that are about our selfish self-fulfillment. And oftentimes they're the, the mundane things that have to do with the physical, the material world. Now that's not to say that the Bible's ultimately going to lead us to, to embrace spirit and, and get rid of flesh. The ultimate goal is that our flesh and our spirit would be united together in perfect harmony. That's what heaven's going to be like. Flesh and spirit united together in perfect harmony. So we're not trying to get rid of the flesh, but we know that in this world, with sin and brokenness of this world, and, and, and the work of the enemy, that the, the flesh is constantly being called upon and tempted by the shiny, to plug in to the spirit of this world. Things like uh, our need, and this comes up when you, when you share the, the ways, the outlets that we have, our need for approval, right? We plug in to some of the social media uh, outlets that you mentioned because it plays into our fleshly longing to have approval from the world, right? And if we can get enough of that, then we feel like it's going to touch us on some spiritual level and, and make us 
uh, have the, the, the deep, fill the deep need that we have inside of us. Um, you know, we, we go into these places because there's a, a measure of sexual intrigue and, and the, the worldly outlets know just how to play on that, even in a subconscious way, the way that, you know, films and, and other things are presented. It might not even be presented as sexualized and yet it's there underneath the surface and, it, it, and, and without even knowing, we get drawn into it. You know, this sort of subconscious, you know, sexual intrigue or, or making others envious of what we have. This is one of the fleshly dynamics, right? Either we want to get on and, and, and demonstrate this is what we have and make others envious of us. Or we get on to some of these, we plug into some of these outlets and, and, we, and we start to feel envious of what other people have. And we wish that we had that. And so there are all kinds of ways that these worldly outlets, um, because they're shiny and magnetic and they play on the tendencies of the flesh, they just call us to plug in, to plug in and try to find, you know, some sort of fulfillment. There's a, a measure of gossipiness that comes from it or, or mockery of those who have, you know, been broken or harmed Right? I mean, isn't that what we do with some of these outlets is when somebody fails, it goes viral. And so we, we get to say, well, at least I'm, that's not happening to me. And that's a, that's a fleshly longing that gets tapped into by these outlets. The flesh has a natural inclination to plug into the world and to try to meet its needs. The flesh has a natural inclination to plug into the world and to try to meet its needs. Now contrast that with the outlets, if you want to call it that, of the spirit. Uh, on the other hand, you know, they often seem dull and, and, and sort of not shiny in comparison, right? They don't, they don't have that natural appeal to the flesh which, which springs forth with a kind of energy inherent to itself. You know, Bible reading and prayer and fasting and serving. And the voice of the flesh is often much louder than the voice of the spirit. The voice of the flesh is just, is like calling and it's assertive and it, 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 there's a din that comes with it that drowns out oftentimes the voice of the spirit. The, the voice of the flesh shouts down the voice of the spirit. So if we're going to do this, if we're going to really plug in to the spiritual outlets, if we're going to plug in to Christ more fully, we need a reason to embrace the Spirit of God that's better than the loud, brash, and assertive invitation of the Spirit of the world, which is appealing to our flesh, right? We need a reason that's, that's more compelling. So what is that reason? Which to my second point, enjoying the presence of God. My first point is being taught by the Spirit. My second one is enjoying the presence of God. The spiritual disciplines are not just about being taught by the Spirit. Actually, fundamentally what's going on when we engage in the spiritual disciplines is that we are enjoying the very presence of God. Now, you've heard me talk about the presence of God more and more. I think as I go on in ministry and Bible study, more and more the presence of God just becomes the absolute center 
of everything. And one of the one one of the books that I've been reading recently is about the temple of God, tracing the temple all the way from the very beginning of Genesis uh, towards to the very end, where the new heaven and new earth is essentially the holy of holies, the temple. And all of that is about the presence of God. When I talk about temple, when we talk about temple, we're talking about the presence of God. And if we go forward in First uh, Corinthians uh, to chapter three, verse sixteen, we'll start to see this language creep into the very subject we're talking about about the Holy Spirit living in us. Do you not know that you are God's temple? And it's plural there, referring to the church body. You are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy and you collectively are that temple. So there's that collective piece where we together are the temple and the Holy Spirit resides in us. In other words, God is present in us. And then 1 Corinthians 6.19, going a little bit further for anticipating a little bit further in our study of 1 Corinthians. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. The temple is about the presence of God. And the presence of God is what meets the deepest longings in our souls. It's what we were created for, to be in God's presence, to be in relationship with God. And these passages give more context around this idea of the Spirit of God. It's not just only teaching. That's a beautiful thing that happens. We're taught by the Spirit, as our first passage looked at. But really, the Spirit is taking up residence in us, individually and collectively. Uh, and, 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 so, and so that's the, that's the deep blessing of the spiritual disciplines, is enjoying the presence of God. The reason you want to plug into the Spirit of God is because it enables you to enjoy the presence of God. The reason you want to plug in to the Spirit of God is because it enables you to enjoy the presence of God. And this is what your hearts, your heart wants more than anything else. Give them Jesus. Why? Because when I was standing there looking at those kids and all of their brokenness and hurt and suffering, right? The thing that's going to bless them the most the thing that's going to help them address all those challenges, right? The thing that's going to help you address all the problems and struggles that you're facing in your life is, is a relationship with Jesus Christ, a vibrant daily relationship with Jesus Christ. And what's funny is that 21 years old, when that happened, I could not have known even just the beginnings of how much I know that to be true now. As I have walked with literally hundreds of people on the journey of life. To see the power of relationship with Jesus Christ. Just give them Jesus. The term spiritual disciplines has a bit of a negative connotation to it, right? Any time you talk about disciplines, like, you know whether it be exercise or anything like that, you know, you have this tension in you because you're like, oh, this is exciting. And then you're like, but I might fail. I might not keep the discipline. And that's a struggle for you. So um, we need to think about this uh, in a different way. It conjures up images of hard work and religious activity, empty ritual. And I just want to say, if that's what you think of when you think of the spiritual disciplines, you've lost the thread. You've lost the thread. 
Because it's not ultimately about those things. The disciplines are about enjoying God's presence. The spiritual disciplines are not about slavery. They're slavery. They're about friendship with God. They're not about slavery. They're about friendship of God. And that's the thread that you don't want to lose. Uh, when I was on sabbatical, we as a family were reading the book, The Eagle of the Ninth by Rosemary Sutliff. Such a great book. Um, and it's basically a story of a slave and a captain who uh, are, this is back in the Roman times, and they've retired, they're done with all their battles and their fighting and their wars. And, but then they get this message that the Eagle of the Ninth, which is the emblem of their old um, battalion or whatever it was, has been lost and would they go and find it and retrieve it? So it's a special miss mission for these two retired guys to come out of retirement, a captain and his slave, and to go and do this. And so the captain asks his former slave, you know, would you do this with me? And they take off and they do it. And they have all these adventures and they almost die lots of times. And it's amazing. And it's a triumphant story. And they get the eagle of the ninth and they bring it back. And at the very end, the captain asks his slave, he says, why did you go on this journey with me? You didn't have to. See, before you were a slave and you had to come with me when I went out on campaign. But now you've been freed from your slavery. Why did you come with me? And the, slave, the former slave's answer is, I have shared the hunting with my brothers and it has been a good hunting. In other words, the point is that now he goes because of the friendship. What, what started off as slavery has ended in friendship. In the first campaigns, he went because he had no choice. It was slavery. But in the current campaign, he goes because it's friendship. And there's a movement like that that happens with us as we embrace the spiritual disciplines. It feels like slavery in the beginning, but it moves into a place of friendship. And I will just, I, you know, in my life now, I'm addicted to these, some of these spiritual disciplines. I'm excited because we're going to pass out a paper in a second and we're going to challenge each of us to think of one spiritual discipline that um, we might embrace. But the ones that have become core to my being, I'm addicted to them. I, I woke up in two, on Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. in Minneapolis, which is 3 a.m. here. And I proceeded to sense the Lord calling me out of bed and getting my coffee going, uh, and sitting down with my Bible so that when I got to my full day of meetings and interacting with people, I would be centered in the Lord, that my walk with Jesus would be daily and vibrant. And things happened later that day that literally were born out of that time that I was able to spend with the Lord in the morning. So that's happened to me enough now at this point that I'm addicted to that. I'll just tell you, that's what I want. And I will, I will get up in the morning to do that, even if it hurts, because that's what I need. I've become, I've become finally addicted to that presence of God in my life. I don't do it because I'm a disciplined person anymore. I do it out of friendship. I don't do it out of slavery. I do it out of friendship. Now, there are other areas where I need to grow and, and where it's not, it's not clicking yet. And, you know, so, but I'm just telling you, in that one, that one area, I've just seen this transformation. And this Eagle of the Ninth illustration hit me so hard when I read it because I thought that's what I would love for my relationship with Jesus to be like. This is not slavery. What Jesus says, I call you friends. 
right? He says, I call you friends. So, you know, you got to argue with your flesh in these moments. Don't, don't let it shout you down. You know, don't, don't let it, you know, cause you to think that if you, this will be a waste of time. You know, i got to tell myself, you, you don't feel like it now, but have faith. It'll be worth it. Um, do you really want to live this day in your own strength? Or, you know, just obey, Andrew. You already know Jesus is good, so just obey. Don't even ask questions. Just do what Jesus is calling you to do. Because the spiritual disciplines are not about enslavement. They're about enjoying the presence of God. All right, the last thing we're going to do is you're going to choose. You get a chance to choose your discipline. So we'll go ahead and pass out these papers that uh, Pastor Miguel has really worked on. We've been doing kind of a process here with the staff around the spiritual disciplines. Um, there's so many spiritual disciplines and, you know, uh, it, it's too much to go through them all. So we're going to do this. We're going to do a kind of a choose your own adventure approach. Anybody read those choose your own adventure books where like you get to a certain place and then you can say, do you want the character to do this? And it says, go to this page. Or do you want the character to do this? And it goes to this other page. So you can choose your own adventure here with the spiritual disciplines. And we're going to ultimately ask you to pick one discipline that resonates with you. This is the part. This is, so, so I have some disciplines that I feel are solid and there's some others that I really want to grow in and so I'm with you in this we're just now let me tell you some of the resources that we're giving you for this next number of weeks as we as we emphasize the spiritual disciplines we've got books in the foyer there's a there's four different titles out there I'm not going to go through them right now but they've been carefully selected you can purchase them purchase them there or you can just go and buy them online uh, on your own those are books that we're recommending um, on the spiritual disciplines. We've got a gospel academy that's going to be coming up on the spiritual disciplines. So you'll hear more, hear more about that. We're going to put some prompts in the home group study guide. We'd love for you every week in your home groups to talk about the spiritual disciplines. Which one have you chosen to practice and how's it going? How have you seen God show up in the practicing of this spiritual discipline? Uh, we're going to do some social media stuff. Um, which is funny given everything that I've just said, but we're going to do that. Um, we're going to redeem social media for Jesus, so it helps you get close to Jesus. Uh, we've got specialists, so uh, the staff has been going through staff development, and we've just given each staff person a spiritual discipline to come and teach us the rest of us on. So talk to Miguel. He can connect you to our staff specialist on the particular discipline that you are interested in. Uh, and then we've got this handout that we're giving you. Can I have a copy of it? Awesome. Okay, so this handout, pull, pull this up. And uh, it says, Habits of Grace are the rhythms and activities of a believer's life with God. See, there it is, the presence. So there's word, prayer, worship, giving, serving, proclamation, fellowship, suffering, missions. These are all kind of the, the ones that would probably, if you were to collect all the books, these are the main ones that would be standing out. If you turn it over on the back, um, you've got a bunch of other disciplines. So these are sort of the, maybe, maybe the second tier disciplines. Maybe they're not as common, but I don't even want to say they're second tier because a lot of these I just love and live into with all my heart. And so, and then I love what Miguel's done here. He's kind of talked about how these disciplines get expressed in the outward and the inward. There's an outward side to it, an inward side to it, corporate side to it. Uh, and so just to keep that in mind. Um, and so here's what we'd like you to do. The, the action step is at the bottom of page one. Pick one discipline that resonates with you or one that is unfamiliar and practice it with someone this season. And if you're in a home group, then this is going to be a great place for you to practice it. Practice it in your home group. And so at the beginning of each home group, it would be great if you just took some time to say, hey, 
Anybody have a discipline they want to share and talk about? Now, if you need more, I mean, obviously, we could only fit so much information on one page here. It gives you kind of a pointer to some scriptures and a quick definition of the discipline. And then if you want to research more about it, consult one of those books that we have in the back, or you can talk to uh, Miguel about it, and we'll get you some more resources on the spiritual disciplines and the habits of grace. So that's simple, right? Just pick one. I'm going to pick one, and I want to see how I can grow in a particular area in this next while by choosing. To... How many of you are ready for this, and you want to pick a discipline? Raise your hand if you're ready for this. You're going to pick at least one, just one, to be able to pick a discipline. All right. And how many of you uh, are hoping that you're going to get closer to Jesus in the next season? Right? All of us. We, that's what we want. We want to be closer to Jesus in the next season. And that's what I want. I want, I want you to have more Jesus. I want to have more Jesus. So God, would you meet us in this season that we're launching? I need to finish up right now. And I'm just going to finish up by saying, Lord, that, okay, we've talked about this. We've looked at some scriptures. We've reflected on some ideas. But right now, because the church is gathered and the Holy Spirit is with us, right now, as we're looking over this page, wouldn't it be awesome if as we're looking it over, Holy Spirit, because you're so incredible and you know each of us uniquely, you could prompt each of us right now to put our finger on one of these spiritual disciplines and say, you know what? I'm going to plug in to this outlet because I want to get connected to Jesus a little bit more in this season. I want my life to be empowered by the Spirit a little bit more in this season. I want to experience and know the presence of God more fully in this season because I know that's the deepest longing of my heart. All these other things that my flesh wants to chase after and because this world is so loud and constantly screaming at us and beckoning us to plug in to human wisdom and the like, you know, I know that's all out there, but Lord, I want to plug into you. I want to be close to you. I want to walk with you. So please help me. Help me to embrace the discipline of X or Y or Z that I might know you and be with you. Lord, we give ourselves to you. That's what we keep doing, just saying, have more of us. You've got a lot of us. Have more of us. Take everything. Use us for the intent that you have for our lives. Help us to find you and follow you more. Help us to encourage others along that path. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.